Another rough week for the administration due to Joe Biden speaking. A teen is killed in North Dakota over politics. And Don Lamont gets demoted, then owned. All today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello and welcome. I uh, doing it a day later due to mostly it was kind of a, I won't say quiet week, but a slow week and uh, just took a little longer to get everything together this week. But uh, I'm back, ready to go. Happy Friday afternoon. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, starting to get fall, starting to get a little chillier, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, means it's getting closer to the midterms. And, oh, boy, are the commercials horrible. Maybe we'll look into some of those next week. Some of the commercials here are just terrible. But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to get started for today. I want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. All those things help get more people tuning in. Like it, hate it, whatever. Just check it out. It makes a huge difference. So uh, Biden had a rough week, and it really took a toll on the administration because uh, people happened to back things up or or try to counter what he's saying or doing and all those things. Uh, but he had an interesting uh, – he did a 60 Minutes interview, and this is kind of – Kind of funny because uh, everybody was making a huge deal that it had been uh, 200 and some days uh, since he had actually done an interview with anyone. And so he sits down to do a 60 Minutes interview. And, well, not really sit down. I think he should have sat down. Maybe he should have sat down the whole time because he really uh, ran into issues Uh Pretty much right off the bat. I mean, he went uh, straight into some stuff. I mean, at least for them. I mean, he wasn't saying, uh, especially at the beginning of it, he wasn't saying anything we didn't already know. Uh, but it was kind of funny because the administration kind of freaked out really quick over some of the statements he made. We'll start out with uh, what he had to say uh, about uh, COVID, really. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example. Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield. So he uh, just comes out and, and, and really wrecks the Democrat plan and says, hey, you know, COVID's over. I mean, the pandemic's over. We still have a little bit of problem, but everybody's fine. And, uh, boy, they sure started walking that back really quick. Like, well, what are we going to do about uh, vax mandates and, and all the control we had? And so they start freaking out over that. And, uh, boy, he goes on. This is These are a lot of clips. We'll have to stop and talk about them here. He's talking about uh, Russia and Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 It will change the face of war. 
unlike anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be what? I'm what would the U.S. response that. be? Do you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell I don't you. remember. It'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, will determine what response would occur. Could Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging their being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would uh -huh. U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit, and I know you probably already fell asleep because of all that. And uh, so, yeah, he's talking about, uh, yeah, Putin will, you know, he may use nukes, use nukes, but no, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, respond. And, oh, yeah, we're going to use U.S. troops to defend Taiwan. And it's a disaster. It's a disaster every time he, he talks. I mean, it's it's crazy because the reason it's a problem whether you agree with his positions or not, the reason it's a problem is because the administration and all that has already come out and had different positions. So then it causes a huge problem because it's like, well, this is our official position. Well, now he's on 60 minutes getting broadcast around the world going, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we'll bomb Russia. We'll uh, send troops to Taiwan. And everybody's like, whoa, wait a second. Hold on. Um, we're having a lot of issues right now economically. Uh, we really want to start a global war? Eh, maybe not. Um, and honestly, uh, I do a lot of research on different things. Uh, China is not in the position to be invading anywhere at the moment. At the moment. Not saying they won't be. Not saying they don't want to. Just saying that right at this moment, they're not in any position to be invading anywhere. But uh, this is what I'm talking about. This is what happens when you have someone who is cognitively impaired. I mean, you really can't send them out to have an independent interview, especially if you have official uh, positions. Now, another thing that is insane is if this is how he truly feels about things, why are the official positions and the positions of the administration different well you could ask that question too does he really run things and a lot of people do ask those questions uh we'll listen to some more of this interview it is really uh really really crazy a white house official <laughs> told us u.s policy has not changed oh. officially the u.s will not say whether american forces would defend taiwan <laughs> but the commander-in-chief had a view of his own so unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Yes. What do you do to keep that price down while Vladimir... This is, I mean, and, and he doubles down on it and says, yeah, we'll, we'll send U.S. ground troops, basically, to defend Taiwan, which is not the official position. And, and no, that's not the position that uh, we've ever taken. I mean, we've basically, you know said over the years that uh yeah we'll we'll give them you know weapons we'll we'll help them out 
but we're not uh, going to commit ground troops. And of course, that's not Biden's position, I guess. But uh, but who knows? And this causes a lot of uncertainty around the world. It does. And that's why it is important. It's not like you or I, or, or especially like me on here. I mean, I can, you know, give my opinion. Nobody cares. Uh, well, maybe some people care more than others, but uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect what uh, Xi Jinping is going to do, or it doesn't affect what Putin is going to do. Um, but uh, his opinion does, uh, possibly. I mean, they may know that he is a retarded circus monkey as well, and that uh, anything he says is just, you know, deranged uh, dementia talk. I, I don't know. Uh, and again, whether you agree with his positions or not, it's just insane to have him out there and then the administration going, no, 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 don't listen to him. I mean, who's that guy? We don't even know him. Hey, he just wanders around here from time to time. We give him pudding. He goes back. and I, I don't know. But it is an embarrassment for us. It's, it's hard to listen to. It's hard to watch because it's just so, uh, so insane. Putin is throttling energy. Well, there's, there's a couple of things we've done. For example, remember, I got some criticism for releasing a million barrels yeah. a day from a strategic petroleum reserve. And mm -hmm. then along came the industry saying they'd produce another million barrels a day by the spring. So I think we're in relatively good shape. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, he's half asleep. He slurs everything. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of criticism because the strategic oil supply is there for strategic purposes in case there is a you know large-scale war maybe like the one you're trying to start maybe throwing nukes uh, towards russia ground troops towards taiwan uh in the event of those sort of large-scale global wars uh, you know what we're going to need a whole lot of um oil and that's why we had it and that's why we have had it for a long time and uh, it's actually one of our most valuable uh resources that we have but, uh, yeah, people are like, yeah, this is pretty stupid that uh, you're going to drain our strategic oil supply uh, instead of just, you know, getting out of the way and letting the industry produce more and bring the price down. But, um, you know, of course, nobody's ever done that. It was just, you know, just two years ago that it was doing that but you know nobody ever in history has ever done that and of course he catches criticism because if you get into these sort of conflicts of course that's a big problem and that is not the reason it's there to lower gas prices which it did a little but not not even close to enough and they don't want to do anymore they want strategic oil I mean, they want the well, I'm sure they do want the strategic oil supply drained because they don't believe in oil. But we'll go on and listen to some more of this here. As you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3 percent. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Leave office. Inflation rate month to month is just a, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. You're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. <laughs> President, in 40 years. I got that, but guess what? We are. We're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It has just barely. It's been basically even. I mean, what the actual fuck? It's just an inch. E
This is the problem. This is the problem when you're an elitist, when you've never actually had to work a day in your life to put food on the table, when you've never actually had to pay your own damn bills, you've never had to do anything. All these problems are no big deal. It's no big deal. I mean, it, it's unreal. 8.3%. The stock market has taken a dive. Everyone is predicting a huge recession. You're seeing all these problems all over the place with the economy. And this guy has the nerve to sit there and say, Oh, what are you talking about, man? It's just up a little bit from last month. It was 8.2 last month. Yeah, it's that's what we're talking about. It's... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and at least at least this interviewer did push back a little bit and go, dude, what are you talking about? It's the worst in 40 years. What are you talking about? It's just up an inch. Yeah, it's just an up, up, you know, it's up 0.1% from last month to this month, but it's up, you know, several, you know, percentages points since the beginning of the year. It's up a whole shit ton since uh, you know, you took office. This is a big deal, but he doesn't get it. Are you committed to running again? Or are there certain conditions that have to be right? Look, if I were to say to you, I'm running again, all of a sudden, a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do. In terms of election laws? In terms of election laws. And it's much too early to make that kind of decision. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm going to do that job. And within the time frame that makes sense after... This next election cycle here, going into next year, make a judgment of what to do. Uh-huh. You say uh, that it's given the green light. too early to make that decision. I take it the decision has not been made. Not in by your my own head. <laughs> Look, my intention, as I said to begin with, is yeah, that I would run again. Run but it's just yeah, an absolutely. intention. <laughs> but is it a firm decision that I've run again? That remains to be seen. Yeah. No, yeah. You are the oldest. Oh, he doubles down on him here. You're the oldest ever. guy. Pretty good shape, huh? Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. That you are dead. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. What? He thinks, uh, pudding? What job? What job? Where am I? Where are my pants? Keep forgetting I'm president, man. That's what he thinks, honestly. Uh, He doesn't. That, That is the problem. Me. Ugh. I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. Watch we me. You think I don't have the energy level of the mental acuity? Then, then you know, that's one thing. It's another thing of just watch and, and you know keep my schedule. This is what I'm doing. I, I think that uh, you know uh, I don't when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together. I don't have them saying, "Wait a minute, how, how old are you? What do you what do you say?" You know, yeah, exactly. They're like, "How old are you? We thought you were 110. You're only uh you're only 79, huh? Wow. Wow, we thought you were much older. We thought you were uh in the Civil War, 160. Um because you think you're 160. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh this interview was a disaster, obviously. And uh of course, it was followed up by many, many statements from the administration and everything else going, "Hey, yeah, he didn't mean that. Yeah, he didn't mean that." What the hell is going on? I mean, you know, they talk so much shit. 
uh, about Trump over and over and over again. You know what? The, his, uh, his administration didn't have to keep coming out and walking back his positions, did they? They had to keep coming out going, oh, don't listen to that old crazy guy. <laughs> it's no clue. We're not even sure why he's here. Uh, he just says crazy shit from time to time. He's fine. He's really fit. You should keep a schedule. Lightest schedule probably ever in uh, presidential history, by the way. Um, he spent most of his time uh, either um, vacationing on the beach or uh, off on some other uh, sabbatical. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot of work since he's been in and what he has done has been fairly disastrous. If you want to know how much uh, work he's gotten done and how much it has cost you, uh, article this week was very interesting about uh, Biden's executive orders. Now, uh, before anybody says anything, yes, uh, Donald Trump had more executive orders by the time he ended his presidency. Uh, and I do not like executive orders. I am not a fan. I do not like them. Uh, I think it's too much like a... Uh, dictatorship and i don't agree with it some instances i understand why they're necessary and why you need them uh most of the rest of these i don't so um trump had 220 in his uh entire four years and that is way too many uh so far biden has issued 99 executive orders so i'm um, getting close to half um and he's not quite two years in so i guess he's setting a frenetic pace uh entire four years uh 220 all right so biden's executive orders to date will reportedly cost tax taxpayers you're gonna get this one and a half trillion dollars oh oh yeah the president's Unilateral ambitions are regarded by some experts as particularly costly. Well, that's weird, especially within the national debt on course to hit $31 trillion later this month and with a rate of inflation of 8.3%. Yes, and now some of that inflation that you're getting is from, I don't know, the president signing into uh, $1.5 trillion of debt for the country. Wow. Mm. says the Heritage Foundation uh, told uh, Fox News Digital, okay, uh, that Biden has already cost the taxpayers more than a trillion so far. Um, and then the uh, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, which is always skewed heavily towards uh, pro-government, obviously, uh, they said, no, 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 it's not a over a trillion dollars. It's only, he's only cost you 500 billion, which in their uh, insane uh, mathematic gymnastics they do there probably means it's closer to two trillion because they love to factor in things that aren't really factors. Uh, some of the um, some of the things that uh, hmm, <sighs> have gotten us here. Let's see what are some of these executive orders that have really um, adding cost and eliminating savings. Here you go. Some of these uh, wonderfuls. Uh, Seventeen executive order. Uh, Within a few hours, including orders to, to preserve DACA, okay, reverse the March 2019 permit for the Keystone XL pipeline right before we went into an energy crisis, sign us back into the Paris Climate Accord and halts uh, America's withdrawal from the WHO, which costs us a lot more money because we have to pay a lot of their bills. We pay higher premiums than anyone else to be in an organization that doesn't do anything for us. We already have a health organization. It's called, wait for it, 
the CDC. And it is terrible. And we certainly don't need to pay a shit ton of money for one that's even worse. Uh, what else do we have? Um, yes, uh, we also made uh, yeah, Federation for American Immigration Reforms estimate. Each illegal alien costs taxpayers around $9,232 per year. It's right around ten grand a year that we pay for right around 611,000 DACA recipients. Hmm. Well, these are good. Let's see. Some of the orders include more orders. Let's read through some of these. See if you know what. Protecting access to reproductive health care services. Uh, expand access to abortion care because it's care. Uh, that's weird. That's including med, uh, medication abortion and promote awareness about abortion services because that's what we need to be paying for. Uh, catalyzing green energy industri- industries and jobs through federal sustainability. Um, oh, good. And uh, about going carbon free by 2035. And. Uh, Economy wide, no later than 2050. Oh, good. Uh, uh, die and accessibility in federal workforce. Die is uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity. Establish of the climate change support office because you need people uh, sitting around on phones so you can call in with your climate disaster. Um, not sure what that is, but uh, if it happens, you will have someone to call. They'll be sitting there suckling at uh, the taxpayer teat. Uh, while they answer phones, uh, guaranteeing an educational environment free from discrimination on basis of sex, including sexual orientation or gender identity. Well, I'm glad we wrote that down because we already have that. Um, and you had it from the beginning when it said all people are created equal kind of takes care of that whole thing. You don't have to write all that bullshit down. And we uh, the establishment of the White House Gender Policy Council, because you want that, ensuring democratic accountability and agenda rulemaking and agency rulemaking. All good. Senior uh, federal employees initiate rulemaking, reducing poverty in America by promoting opportunity and equity. Uh, economic mobility. Well, we definitely need that. Reforming the welfare system, uh, handing out more money, uh, reducing regulation and controlling regulatory costs. Well, we want that. Uh, rebuilding monuments to American heroes. Okay. Preventing online c- censorship. What? Oh, yeah. You don't want to take down the activists. Uh, j- just on and on and on. There's a uh, hundred of them. It's only cost us a billion and a half dollars. Uh, really a steal or a trillion and a half dollars. Really a steal. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, pushed you up to, um, you know, 8.3 percent um, inflation, which the way they figure inflation is completely bass backwards crazy. And it's probably more around like 15 percent, which means, yeah, we're all getting poorer by the minute. But, you know, at least at least we know that uh, they have diversity and inclusion at the White House. And that's what really matters. We all know that. We all know that that is what really, really matters. Uh, Biden had, of course, the climate. He had to go on and on, drone on and on about the climate this week. Uh, He had a wonderful speech droning on about uh, climate and mumbles and bumbles. And uh, yeah, as I said last year, The United States is opening an era of relentless diplomacy to address the challenges that matter most to people's lives, all people's lives. I'm a previous speaker spoke to. 
strengthening global health security in the world. We made that priority, and one year later, we're keeping that promise. Thank you. From the day I came to office, we've led with bold climate agenda. We rejoined the Paris Agreement, convened the major climate summits, helped deliver critical agreements on the COP26. Oh, good. We helped get two-thirds of the world's GDP on track to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And now, I signed a historic piece of legislation here in the United States that includes the biggest, most important climate commitment we have ever made in the history of our country. I thought we were reducing the inflation. $369 billion. That's right. Oh, yeah. Toward climate change. That's good. That includes tens of billions in new investments in offshore wind and solar. Oh, good. Doubling down on zero emission vehicles. Mm -hmm. Increasing energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. Supporting clean manufacturing. Our Department of Energy estimates that this new law will reduce U.S. emissions by one gigaton a year. Uh, one gigaton. By 2030. Good. Oh, oh Unleashing good. a new era of clean energy powered economic growth. Yeah. Our investments will also help reduce the cost of developing clean energy technologies worldwide. Oh, good. We're going to pay United for it around the world. Oh, good. Cost us money. This is a global game changer. Oh, and none too soon, we don't have much time. No, no, no. We it's all know gone. we're already living in a climate crisis. Oh, yes. We, we no one seems to doubt it after this past year. Right. Yeah, we do, though. Right. We meet. We really do. We meet. Much of past we meet. Much of Pakistan is still underwater. Oh, okay. Needs help. Needs help. Meanwhile, okay. the Horn of Africa faces unprecedented drought. Families okay. are facing impossible choices, choosing which child to feed and wondering... Whether they'll survive. Mm-hmm. Hold on. They're choosing which child to feed because they're broke because of inflation because you're spending $369 billion on bullshit. Huh. Yeah, I don't think they're starving because of the weather. You know, just saying. In fact, I'll say it right now. It's real easy to do the math. If the earth warms, there's more area to grow food, jackass. More animals will live and create more food, jackass. Freezing everything will kill everything. Hmm. Which we're not going to do that either. In fact, we're just going to spend a whole shit ton of money, reduce everyone to poor serfs, and we're neither going to gain or lose a damn thing. Except for, you know, everything that actually means anything to you. Like freedom, liberty, choice in anything. Quality of life. Yeah, just give all that up. For what? For nothing. Climate is the reason there's a flood in Pakistan? No. Weather. It happens. It's so stupid. It's so, oh, man, it just makes my head hurt. And these people get out there and just drone on and on and on. And they're just talking bullshit. They're just absolutely talking bullshit. We heard the the guy the last episode, the physicist, who's like, yeah, it's just bullshit. You know, the only thing humans have to do with it is you're here the same time the the sun and the moon are doing things. That's That's what you have to do with climate change. And you better just figure out how to adapt and move on because there's not shit you can do about it. Because unless you can change 
the sun and the moon, there isn't shit you're going to do about it. But that's the perfect issue. That's what these people want. Billions and billions and billions of trillions of dollars that they can bilk out of you, enrich themselves, and make you more dependent on them. It is their wet dream come true. It is the wet dream of every dictator who's ever lived. It's the wet dream of every crazed leftist ideologue that has ever walked the face of the earth an existential crisis that they can pound on day in and day out and never let it go that has no solution that has no reasoning behind it because there's nothing you can do about the climate changing can you change the sun or the moon no you can't what you could do is if it's going to get a little warmer you adapt it's going to get a little colder you better adapt. Otherwise, you're spitting into a fan. The only problem is they're not the ones that's going to get hit. All of us are. And we got to deal with all this garbage. Let's see what else he had to drone on about. This is the that's human cost of that. climate change. Eat bugs. It's growing, not lessening. So as I announced last year... <clears throat> to meet our global responsibility. Okay. Here we go. My administration is working with our Congress to deliver more than $11 billion oh, a okay, year Another 11. to international climate finance. Oh, good. good. Help lower income countries implement their climate goals <sighs> and ensure a just energy transition. Just <laughs> energy <laughs> transition. Part of that will be our PEPFAR plan, PEPFAR. which PEPFAR? will help half a billion people, and especially vulnerable countries. What the fuck are you talking about? To the impact of climate has something change to do with climate change. Build resilience. Through this whole speech, he kept saying adopt instead of this adapt. need is enormous. <clears throat> so let this be the moment we find within ourselves the will to turn back the tide of climate devastation, the devastation, devastation, to unlock a resilient, the bar is low. sustainable, clean energy economy to preserve our planet. And that was at the UN, by the way. Um, that load of gobbledygook garbage uh, brought to you by the letter uh, F for FU. Um, yeah, um, none of it made any sense. None whatsoever. You can't turn back anything. You're not going to stop anything because you have nothing to do with it, except for the fact you exist while it's happening. It's a very, very, very slow process. And uh, by the time it truly changes to uh, say, let's say, mm, when was the last time there was truly a completely, well, the ice age. How many millions of years ago it was? Hmm. It took a really, really long time to get there. Um, it's taken a really, really long time for it to melt. Um, and when I say really, really long time, um, our ancestors weren't alive uh, when the Ice Age actually hit. So mm, a lot older than humanity. So humanity has got a really, really long time before anything makes any big changes again. And uh, let me think, were there a lot of people driving SUVs and drilling for oil uh, before the Ice Age? Or maybe maybe it was the dinosaurs. We don't know. Maybe they were just big polluters. We don't know, I guess. It's just stupid. It's uh, And I'm sick of 
everybody buying into this. I'm sick of the whole thing. It is just disgusting, and I'm sick of hearing about it. But you're going to hear more and more and more because guess what? You know, it's really strange. Uh, there was a thing um, pre-2016 called the Clinton Global Initiative. And what that did was go around the world uh, accepting bribes on behalf of the Clinton Foundation, basically, the on behalf of Bill and Hillary, uh, collecting bribes from very powerful and rich people around the world to then uh, do little favors for them when they had power and influence. Uh, yes, I mean, completely illegal uh, and complete frauds. But uh, strangely enough, they had to close up shop when uh, when Trump won the election. They just had to close up shop. It's really weird. Because you would think if they had such a legitimate business and they were just, oh, just the Oh, the philanthropy they were doing was just overwhelming. You would think they would want to keep on it. But nope, they shuttered it. They shut it down. But they did come back now. So you can be uh, rest assured that the world will be saved now because the Clinton Global Initiative, it's back. It's back. And they decided to have a little get together to celebrate being back uh, because they know they've got a few years here, at least where they won't be bothered by pesky investigations or, you know, maybe getting in trouble for, you know, ripping off, you know, an entire country, i.e. see Haiti. Mm, Might want to look that one up. Uh, Haitians still a little pissed at the Clintons, but you know, few million dollars disappear. Eh, a couple tens of millions just disappear into somebody's bank account that was supposed to be for Haiti. Who's going to know, right? Um, but anyway, they had a, uh, they hosted uh, one of these uh, Klaus Schwab type uh, um, coffee clatches. Uh, and uh, so uh, here they had, they, of course, they brought in BlackRock CEO Larry Fink to speak at their little shindig, and you're gonna love what he says. He's just so positive and warm. Change the charters of the IMF and the World Bank, or we're, or we're not gonna get there. Oh. There's just not, there's oh, just yeah, not clap. enough capital. Good applause there. It is estimated to decarbonize yeah. the emerging world is a trillion dollars a year. We're talking maybe a hundred billion dollars is moving into the, in the emerging world, and so, um, but but there's a, there's huge pools of capital, but that capital is just not equipped to be taking the first loss piece. And so, if we're really serious about the notion of moving the world faster, so our children and grandchildren can have that bright future, it has to be done in a in, in a way that we're bringing all the governments together. Mm. We have to relook at the the responsibilities and the roles of the World Bank and the IMF, mm-hmm. and they play important roles. They have important. Mm-hmm. connections with all these countries oh yeah yeah that sounds delightful we should get the imf which by the way if you don't know what that is that is the international monetary fund um you need that uh so all the world's money uh needs to come under you know one bank blanket you know one sort of controlling body that can really decide, you know, who gets to live or who gets to die, who gets to starve, who gets to eat. And I'm sure that Larry Fink will be more, I mean, more than fair. This wouldn't benefit BlackRock in any way. I mean, he's so selfless, so selfless. I mean, really just, he's really given from the heart uh, to decarbon the world. Now, a statement like that deserves a response when talking about decarboning the planet. There is one, 
how should we say it, a large problem with decarbonizing Earth. Since everything that exists on planet Earth that is alive, well, it's, it's carbon-based. In fact, so much so that that's how we can date how old something is by carbon testing. Uh, to decarbonize Earth is to strip it void of any living thing. And even then, you still couldn't get the carbon out. There's no way, actually, to decarbonize Earth except for to completely destroy it and for it not to exist anymore in the solar system. So now, if you're looking at that sort of goal that is, well, impossible, uh, it is really easy to then raise money indefinitely because there's never, ever going to be a solution to a problem there's no solution to. So you're able to rip people off, starve, kill, rape, pillage, do whatever you want to the entire world for your entire existence because there is no end to this crisis because, first of all, it's not a crisis. And number two, there is no solution even if it were. It's insanity. And so many people are just sitting like lemmings going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, let me get rid of my car, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. It, it's unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. Got to take a quick break. Be right back. Rated the worst. Losing the most bags. Shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract? From billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs. Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians is getting political, attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results, reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in China. Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola, stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, <laughs> not woke politicians. All right, and we are back. We are back. Um, if you thought uh, Larry Fink was bad enough, which he is, he is a horrible human being um, who is uh, just trying his best to rake in uh, an unsurmountable fortune and uh, destroy, well, you know, our republic and, well, capitalism, just small things like that, you know. He thinks if we all live under one socialist, uh, top-down authoritarian regime with him at the top telling uh, everybody what they can and can't do or eat or say or whatever, then it would be a better place. And there have been a lot of people like that throughout history. Uh, they're just evil. 
And so uh, maybe if you're sitting there thinking, wow, I should really do that, that would be great if I could just control everything and really just micromanage everyone's lives. Boy, the world would be a better place Then maybe you should, I don't know, uh, maybe reevaluate yourself. Um, maybe some therapy, because usually the people have thought like that, not great people. Okay. You know, Napoleon, uh, he killed a lot of people, not a nice guy. Um, of course there was, you know, Stalin, Mao, Hitler, Mussolini, um, Pol Pot was one, I believe. Um, oh, there's the little rocket man there in North Korea. He, he likes to do that sort of thing. Uh, there's a few of them. And, uh, Oh, Xi Jinping, yeah. Um, there, there's quite a few. Um, Modero, Maduro, whatever his name is in Venezuela. That place is really looking up. I mean, boy, they are on the up and up. Not really. Uh, they don't even have zoos anymore. Why don't they have zoos, you may ask? Well, that seems like a, a weird thing to bring up. I mean, maybe it's a poor country. They don't have zoos. Well, they used to. But they... Uh, well, inflation went to hyperinflation. Um, he destroyed the entire country, and they had to eat all of the zoo animals. So, oh, that seems bad. Yeah, probably shouldn't go there. Although, now they're all coming to the U.S., so don't worry. We'll have them all here in no time. Uh, the beginning of that was Hugo Chavez. Uh, he's the one who first began to destroy Venezuela and turn it into an absolute hellscape. Uh, but luckily, there's so many people on the left in America who love, uh, you know, socialist, communist uh, hellscapes that kill people. Uh, they even name roads after him. So, you know, you want to celebrate people like that. I mean, you know what? I, I propose uh, this is actually uh, local here. They have uh, Hugo Chavez Way uh, or Boulevard, whatever the fuck it is, in Grand Rapids. I think the cross streets should help out. I think you should have a Hitler Boulevard. Uh, if we could get a uh, Stalin sidewalk, maybe, uh, to go along with Hugo Chavez Boulevard. Um, that would probably work out well. Um, huh. I bet you there's so many good ones you could put in there. Mussolini Way. Yeah. Nice country drive. Um, why not? If you're going to celebrate evil dictators, why not just celebrate them all? Put it all in one place. Cross streets, people. Cross streets. Think think bigger. Think bigger. You're not thinking big enough. But anyway, uh, if you thought uh, Larry Fink was, uh, and it's a perfect name, too, because he's definitely, that fits him, sniveling little weasel who's never been much of anything and is just trying to take over the world. Um, you got the creepy CEO of Unilever, which... They uh, just go look up. They own so much crap. Uh, but anyway, uh, he decides he's going to uh, quote Orwell. The funny part is, is he quotes Orwell. He quotes it correctly. The quote he gets correctly. The interpretation and where he goes with it is just indicative. Like if Orwell was alive, he would want all these people hung. Okay. George Orwell was initially a socialist, and uh, you know I've listened to uh, and listened to and well his books I should say I didn't read them I was you know anyway the information flowed into my cerebrum. Uh, he was a socialist, but he was a socialist uh, for a little while until he realized what uh, it led to with Germany with Russia. And then he really changed. That's when 1984 came about, and he saw the uh, craziness that was that went. And he was a man of the left, 
But uh, he would want all these people hung. He couldn't stand them and any of the things that they stand for. But anyway, because they stand exactly against everything he believed. Anyway, long story short, here's the creepy Unilever guy uh, quoting Orwell and is a completely clueless fucking idiot. In 39, George Orwell wrote, he wrote it. We have sunk to such depths that stating the obvious is the first responsibility of every person. Mm. And he was talking about a book on power um, mm. written by Bertrand Russell, but it applies to today. Because stating the obvious that we have an emergency, we have a climate emergency, ah. is becoming an unpopular thing to do. This mm. anti-sustainability backlash, mm. this anti-woke backlash, um, is incredibly dangerous for the world. And the first thing that Unilever will do is we will not back down on this agenda. Oh, good. He wants to decarbonize. Unilever, they make a lot of soaps, lotions. What do those things usually come in? I think they're plastic containers. Hmm. What are the basis for soaps, most soaps, especially uh, on large scale, detergents, lotions? Well, I hate to ruin your day, but the fundamental product that uh, Unilever sells is uh, petroleum, i.e. oil. So... I guess maybe he should take a dose of his own medicine. Stating the obvious is the greatest thing we can do. Yes, let's state the obvious. You sell petroleum. Everything that Unilever makes, either the product itself, which is probably 99% of what they make, the product itself contains petroleum and cannot be made with anything else other than petroleum. All the containers that the, those said products are in contain petroleum. And all of it that is ever done is then fueled by some form of petroleum or carbon-based energy. So to stand up in front of everybody and proclaim that he is such an Orwell supporter and you need to, oh yes, this uh, going anti-woke stuff, Anti-woke stuff. These people are truly evil. And you know they're evil because I know that he is smart enough to know that he's evil. Because he knows that it's all bullshit. He knows it's all bullshit. But it gives him power and it enriches him. So therefore, it is fine for him to say and do anything And to hurt and destroy everyone around him. That is exactly what Orwell was fighting against. He was in, he fought against, I mean, anybody who's read 1984 would know Orwell was against all of this shit. Double speak, double think, you know, stating the obvious is the best thing you can do. Yes. Yes. We're not in a climate crisis. You know how I know? Because the climate's the damn same. Has been the same for a very long time. Yeah, the weather changes from time to time. Get little spikes, little dips. Been the same for a long time. Going to remain the same for longer than any of our ancestors will probably be alive. Takes a few million years for uh, those things to really change. 
on planet Earth, and they do change, and they are changing. But uh, when you're talking about actual change to where you'd be like, oh, shit, you know, North Dakota is now a great tropical paradise for dinosaurs to live. Well, that was 65 million years ago. So takes a minute or two. Okay, so uh, none of our ancestors that would ever remember us would even be alive when anything changed drastically enough to ever warrant even talking about the change that has happened. And by then, everything will be will have been adapted and not a damn bit of it will be saved by an electric car. Just throwing that out there or with paper straws, which just are just useless. They're useless. Anyway, uh, so these people are all on board, but luckily they're working with the Cl- the Clinton Global Initiative, which has never, ever. Now, I just don't want anybody to understand. Never, ever been used to scam or rip people off. I don't want that or to, um, you know, encourage pedophilia, you know, never was involved with Epstein or any of that. So I wouldn't worry about it. Well, I mean, of course, except for all those things are true. They they ripped off uh, many people around the world, sold us out uh, with bribe money when she was uh, a senator and attorney general. And uh, yes, um, flew frequently to Pedo Island. So all those things are true. So it should be no problem. I'm sure these people are great. They only have your best interest at heart. So uh, you can feel reassured now. The Clinton uh, the Clinton Global Initiative is back up and running, and they have great, great uh, allies. Next time, I'm sure Klaus himself will be there. The great Klaus Schwab will be there. Anyway, what has all this led to? Now, we've talked for a while. We've talked for quite a while about all the rhetoric coming from the left, from the president and from the administration about evil MAGA Republicans, how they're Nazis, they're they're terrorists. We need to hunt them down and everything else. And we've said over and over, you have got to calm down this rhetoric. Not only is it terrible for the country, but uh, it's going to cause horrible backlash that you do not want to happen. And, well, we're starting to see that, whether it was uh, the jackass out in, uh, I think it was Portland. Yeah, out in Portland that just walk up, walked up and shot a guy with a, uh, with a Trump hat on, uh, just went and blew him away because, uh, you know, he was Antifa and he was fighting against Nazis, which is just so stupid. You got to love it, though. You got to love the Orwellian uh, doublespeak there, you know, a bunch of people with jackboots wanting to go kick and stomp people and force everybody to think their way are calling other people Nazis. Well, that's what you get when you give yourself over to a mindless driveling cults. I mean, it's and I'm not saying all the left or all the Democrats are like these people. I'm not. There's no way they are. You know, most of the people have their reasons for feeling, you know, a certain way and and whether it's mis guided or misconstrued uh they feel that way uh and you know they need to of course i think they need to wake up and do some research and you know go a different way but that's not antifa we're not talking about those people those people are just anarchists who want to uh literally bring about a nazi state under the guise of acceptance and inclusion somehow while they beat you with a brick so it's a completely different thing but uh here is what would be considered not an antifa 
situation. Uh, just a guy uh, who got in an argument with someone over politics, and uh, this is what happened. And this is the kind of thing that's going to continue to happen. You're not hearing this on uh, – it's not been broadcast. I didn't see any of it on major news sources at all except for maybe Tucker Carlson. Other than that, no one even covered the story because, well, nobody's going to because it's just the reality of what's going to happen more and more. Here you go. New developments tonight in the death of a teenager at a Foster County street dance. According to court papers, it wasn't an accident, but they say a politically motivated attack. WDAY News reporter Matt Henson broke the story for you online today. He joins us live tonight for why the driver confessed to police. Matt? Dan and Kirsten, according to court papers, moments before he was killed, 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson called his mom to come rescue him because 41-year-old Shannon Brandt was chasing him in the city of McHenry where the street dance had just wrapped up. The papers don't indicate how Kaylor Ellingson was being chased, but by the time his mom could get there, her son was dead. Well, I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. He's actually the one that called 911 uh, to report the crash. Police say it happened in this alley around 2.30 Sunday morning after the street dance. Court papers show Brandt told the 911 dispatcher that he just hit Kaylor Ellingson because the teen was part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brandt after a political argument. Ellingson's mom told police her son called her just before the crash, asking if she knew Brandt, and she said she did. She does not believe her son knew Brandt. Still trying to determine exactly what all transpired at the time of the crash, but prior to that as well. Police say Brandt was drunk when he hit and killed Ellingson with his SUV. We do not know of any witnesses. Uh, we still are making uh, attempts to interview potential witnesses from the street dance people that were present uh, prior to the crash happening. A judge ordered Brandt held on $50,000 cash, which he objected, saying he's not a flight risk. It's a job and, a, and a, a life and a house and things that I don't exactly want to see, you know, go by the wayside. Oh. Family that are very important to me. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we should worry about that. You just ran over a teenager with your truck because he was a Republican. Yeah, I'm real fucking concerned about your job. And oh, why well, should I have to pay anything? I mean, I killed a Republican. That's good, right? Yeah. Uh, why do I have to pay money? Why am I in jail? I mean, I was just drunk and ran somebody over because I disagreed with them politically. I mean, Joe Biden said it was fine. Remember, he had the red speech where he became Hitler for a few hours. Should be fun, right? It's those evil MAGA Republicans. You think this is isolated? Do you think it's going to remain isolated? It would, possibly, if people covered it and said, you know what, listen, this is getting out of control. We can't act like this. We can't talk like this. But they won't because deep down, it's what they really want. If you're talking about the media, of course, they want lots of it. They want the retaliation the other way. So they can get a good story going again. They want another J6, baby. Line it up. Let's go. They would love it. It gives them ratings. When it comes back to bite them, when they've spent 
two years now calling everybody or more than two years now it's been uh getting close to six years calling anybody who supported donald trump or anybody that supports uh you know the ideas of america first and freedom and liberty calling them terrorists and and evil and nazis i mean once that starts to come to fruition and people start running down teenagers while drunk in their SUV and calling up and say, hey, I just had a crash. I, I didn't even stop. I mean, it was just an evil Republican. I just ran him over, went home. I thought you guys might want to know. I don't know why I'm in jail. I can't afford any bond. I mean, I got a job. I got stuff to do. That's how insane and stupid this is getting and I, I i don't know why is it getting stupid uh well because the people uh running all this are well stupid yeah yeah here is the uh wonderful vice president um uh, boy she is mm, she's on it veep thoughts on community invested an additional 12 billion dollars into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. Uh, in the community. Uh, she only got it in there five times, uh, community. Um, and I wasn't aware the community banks were in the community. They must be along with the children of the community are in the community. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. When you have people that are that dim, who uh, are just fed uh, by whatever focus groups or their handlers here say this say everybody's evil because no one's actually going to vote for your ideas because you have none because you're pretty dim and that's the way we want you so we can feed our ideas through you um this is what you get people acting like this jackass who goes oh, i got a family and i got things i don't want to lose i don't lose my job dude you can kiss your job goodbye um you just murdered somebody um you're 41 uh you better hope you get out uh, before social security kicks in which i don't think you should but you know we'll see what happens anyway um more more insanity around the world uh here is uh vladimir putin he gave out uh, he gave a statement he was a little late getting to the mic i guess you know 12 14 hours late showing up um, but, uh, he wanted to give a speech because, well, now things have kind of changed and, uh, Ukraine is starting to, uh, you know, attack Russia and push them back out of the areas that they have, um, uh, uh, moved in and occupied in Ukraine. They're getting pushed out and that, you know, I guess that's a good thing. It's, that's what they're supposed to be doing. And with, uh, you know, so much of our hard earned tax money going to fund it, they better be doing something. Uh, but anyway, that aside, uh, we'll talk about, uh, this right after we hear what he had to say. I want to remind you that our country also has various means of destruction and for separate components and more modern than those of NATO countries. And when the territorial integrity of our country is threatened to protect Russia and our people, we will certainly use all means at our disposal. It's not a bluff. Okay, so he's saber rattling, saying, yeah, I'm going to nuke you if anybody attacks Russia. And people are like, well, why are any NATO nations attacking Russia? I mean, the Ukrainians are trying to you know, push Russia back out of their country. Why is he saying this? Well, the 
areas that he's occupied, uh, they are trying to force elections uh, to vote whether they want to be part of Russia or not. And, you know, those elections go just one way when you got people all around with guns that are going to kill you if you vote against it. So basically what he's trying to do is a uh, he's trying to, I guess, make a slick move. Uh, by saying hey these people voted to be russia it's russia now so if uh, you guys keep attacking i'm going to nuke ukraine uh whether he would do any of it and he does say and i hear this so much um you know oh russia's uh, such a big country and everything else uh, uh land wise yes they are a very weak country uh their nukes are well let's just say um older than mm, older than you would like Let's put it that way. Uh, older than uh, really mm, super effective. I mean, would they be horrible if they, you know, launched nukes? Of course. Um, but uh, I don't even think Putin is that insane unless, you know, uh, they, people are actually uh, going to invade the mainland of Russia and, you know, start, you know, bombing Moscow or something. Then we're talking, you know, nuke time probably. But uh, other than that, no, he's not going to start throwing nukes because they get pushed out of Ukraine. I don't care what anybody says. The one thing I do have to say, I, I've said it many times, I do enjoy uh, watching Tucker from time to time. Uh, the one general that he has on there about this whole situation, McGregor, uh, can we stop listening to this dude? Like, he really gets on my nerves. Um, it's uh, really sad. We have seen... Uh, Russia to be what many people kind of figured it was after all the years of, uh, you know, broken communism, uh, the, you know, complete devastation of their economy, the complete demoralization of their uh, population for a long time, and, and just trying to really rebuild a country after just absolute decimation by uh, decades under communist rule. Um we figured they were a paper tiger. They, you know, you're talking about an economy that's small, the same size as the state of Texas. Okay. For, um, you know, half the population of the U S they have around 145 million people in their country and their economy is the size of Texas. So, um, yeah, it's not a very booming place. So you kind of figure, and we, we've seen that. I mean, the, the equipment they have is old and outdated. It's, you know, obviously the, the fighting has not gone their way. And, but the, the general that, that he had on was like, oh, this is going to be over. You know, it's going to be over in a week. They're just going to surround all the major cities and just, uh, you know, just uh, mow down everybody, kill everybody. No way to ever stop the Russian military with Ukraine. And that didn't happen. And it's really strange because he's still talking this way and we're seven months in. And now they're, you know, having to pull back and pull back because they're getting their ass beat uh, because they are a paper tiger. That's who they are. Um, and could be said the same for China in a lot of ways. They they saber rattle a lot. But their actual capabilities to wage a large-scale war are very minuscule. Plus, you have to deal with the fact that people don't really like to fight for dictators, just to let you know. Anyway, all that aside, I get tired of hearing this guy. And now, of course, we're back to the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to go bad. You can't cut off Crimea because then he'll throw, start throwing nukes and everything else. 
Uh, I, I get a little tired of that guy because, I mean, once you're like so wrong, like massively, massively wrong, like saying that, uh, you know, the war was going to be over in two weeks because nobody could stop Russia. We're seven months in and now they're retreating and trying desperately to scare the shit out of people with nukes and everything else to try to keep, you know, hold of this little bit of territory that they're going to get pushed out of. Um, maybe you don't keep talking about them like they're like, the 85 bears, maybe, maybe you should drop that a little. Okay. Just, just X and A on that. Do they have a lot of nuclear weapons? Well, supposedly, supposedly they have the largest arsenal in the world and how much of it is rusting and decaying in, you know, caves in Siberia, who knows? Uh, I don't want to diminish it, but, uh, you know, yes, they have a lot of oil and that's what keeps them running. Um, and you know, we don't want no nukes flying anywhere. But apparently, uh, Biden does. So here he is. It's about extinguishing Ukraine's right to exist as a state, plain and simple. And Ukraine's right to exist as a people. Whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever you believe, that should not, that should make your blood run cold. President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. We will stand in solidarity with Ukraine. We will stand in solidarity against Russia's aggression, period. Right, which everybody agrees with. You know, they shouldn't have invaded Ukraine. Stay the hell out of it. Leave them alone. And, um, you know... They should get pushed back out. They should get pushed back out. And uh, now I don't see a huge uh, reason for, um, you know, trying to incorporate uh, uh, Ukraine, a corrupt uh, Eastern European uh, hellhole into the uh, into NATO. I don't think that's an issue. I don't think we need to do that. They can figure it all out. Um uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of bribe money and, and money laundering to go around for everybody in uh, those areas. All the oligarchs around Russia and Ukraine, they'll divvy it all up. And and do I agree with their their political stances or how they live? No, I don't. But it's not up to me. It's up to the people there. If the people there get tired of it enough, hell, they're armed enough. They can change it now, right? Because they handed out uh, machine guns to the populace. So if the people in Ukraine want to change the government, they should do that. Um, once they dispatch, uh, you know, Russia out of their borders, fine, set up your own government, whatever you want to do, pal, uh, you know, knock yourself out, not for me to decide. And I don't really care. People go, well, you don't want them to be, you know, a dictatorship health. That's what they want. That's what they want. It's not up to me. They're not bothering me. Um, you know, uh, just, uh, return some of the money and guns we gave you, uh, but anyway, Zelensky's not happy with that. He wants us to uh, do regime change, which is what this is all about. If anybody is ever skeptical, you've got like, uh, what's it, Victoria Newland and all these people that have been meddling around from the State Department, meddling in all these uh, foreign uh regime change wars that have been going on my entire life these are the people that have been involved in them go topple this government and see what we can do let's go toy with this government see what we can do let's let's go topple this and you know the people who pay are the people uh on the ground yes some of those um 
regimes were bad, but it was up to the people to decide what they wanted to do, not up to Victoria Noland or Newland, whatever her name is, and, and the State Department. It's not their deal. But uh, Zelensky is a product of Victoria Newland and all the State Department bullshit. You can look it up. I mean, he was an actor. He basically was then supported by U.S.-backed um, stuff from the State Department and, and got into power. Uh, so now he's uh, pushing their talking points to the world. He wants uh, there to be a regime change war with Russia and to get rid of Putin. Now, Putin's not a good guy. Never claimed he was, but is it up to me whether he runs Russia or not? No, it's up to the people of Russia. They need to decide that. But anyway, here's Zelensky trying to push NATO into uh, regime change war and nuking Russia. And committed against Ukraine, and we demand just punishment. The crime was committed against our state borders. The crime was committed against the values that make you and me a community of the United States nations and ukraine demands punishment for trying to steal our territory this is the first item of our peace formula comprehensive item punishment oh okay well you keep saying that over and over what do you mean oh you want you in to uh join the war and to start a hot war with russia well, that's weird. That's really strange. The State Department and uh, Victoria Newland and all them. I mean, that's really strange. You've got a weird voice now. Maybe she's just transitioning. Maybe that's what it is. You know, you have that so much anymore. Maybe she's just transitioning. The hormones are taking effect. And so she talks like this now and wants, uh, you know, punishment. Oh, that's weird. That's a weird voice. I don't remember her sounding that way. Uh, and of course, that's what they want. And a lot of it's probably motivated by some cockeyed, weird shit they came up with. They thought Putin elected Trump. I doubt that. These people have wanted to meddle in the world's governments and regime change stuff for years. And it's it's all about, uh, you know, money, power. I mean, what? it's hard to tell what motivates these people. Nothing that you and I would think of, just to be honest. Nothing you or I would think of because we're just not that screwed up and, and evil to want to screw with all these countries around the world to mess with uh, people's lives and cost millions of people's lives. That's what they do. That's what they love to do. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, starting to... Uh, wind down here but i did have one more story that was just too good to pass up uh couldn't cover everything i wanted to today but uh this story was too good uh so uh good old don lamont uh over at cnn uh you know of course they fired stelter shaking things up over there and uh he's moving to do a morning show he's leaving his primetime nighttime slot in his uh uh you know syndicated show thing uh, to go to be part of a co-host in a morning show. But you should not think that that is a demotion. Don Lamont did not get demoted. And you know how we know? Because he said it. With an opportunity that I can't pass up at this network. We have a <laughs> to new keep boss. my job. Yeah. That's a fact. I believe that. Um, yeah. Is a morning show impresario. And he wants a morning show that will kick off the editorial direction of the network every single day. And I am honored that he asked me to do it. And for all of those who are out there saying, oh, yeah. oh Good spin. he moved me and without my... 
he asked me and I said yes. I could have said no. Mm. This is my show. I have a contract for this show. I could decided you? that I would take him up on that and take this journey with him. So no. this is not someone moving me. And by the way, this is not someone saying, you must move to the right, Don Lemon. You must not be so, um, give so much of your perspective. None of that has happened. All of that is fodder for Twitter, which is not real. So stop it. I was not demoted. None of that. This hey, is an opportunity. This is a little touchy. This is, I don't know. This is um, an opportunity for me to create something around me, and I get to work with two great ladies who you know. Create something Poppy around Harlow, me. Who I've known for more than a decade. I went to her wedding in Slovenia. I know her children. I know her husband. And Caitlin oh, Collins, how do we get... same thing. We've been friends since Caitlin has been at the network. Oh, okay. All right. Thou dost think you'd protest too much, eh? This is not the demotion. It is not. Who are you convincing, us or you? Pretty sure you're trying to convince yourself. And why would Don Lamont get booted? And Well, it's because nobody watches it. And here's a prime example. This just happened the other day. Um, this is a prime example why nobody watches him, because he's a buffoon and an idiot. So they sent him over to cover the Queen's... Uh, Oh, whatever it was, month-long funeral. It was agonizing, agonizing. I never thought they were ever going to bury that woman. Poor woman. Her corpse got drug all over the place. Goodness gracious. Anyway, um, so they sent him over there, and so he decides he's going to interview uh, a reporter that, uh, I guess, covers the royal family and all that. And he decides he's going to inject some wokey mcwokeness in it and say, well... Hey, you know what? I think the royal family ought to pay reparations to black people uh, for slavery. Which is insane. But anyway, uh, this is the problem. When you go into a conversation like that and you have no idea what you're talking about, you're just spouting off whatever uh, whatever they uh, told you from the 1619 Project and you didn't actually read history or have no idea what you're talking about, you should probably not say things like that to people because then this happens to you i think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it though what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain where was the beginning of the supply chain that was in africa and when that crossed the entire world when the slavery was taking place which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery the first nation in the world to abolish it it was started by william wilberforce was the british in in great britain they abolished slavery 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where... They should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. <laughs> yeah, Don, I'm sure you're going to get right back on that because you were talking and, uh, yeah, you just got your ass owned because you have no idea about history and you have no idea what's going on. So you thought you would get some sly, you know, big um, kick in the teeth of the royal family, which I don't really care, but uh, some slight at white people because that's what you're all about. Fight whitey. And uh problem is, uh, 
she just owned your ass and said, yeah, we should go back. When we find those African uh, tribes and those African kings that were rounding up all their people and selling them on the beaches to uh, slave traders. And then maybe we'll get to all the people. Let's pay uh, all the people who uh, were fighting to end slavery, uh, which, by the way, is a large portion of um, the United States, because I don't know if you know this, uh, the northern Republicans, Republican-led northern states that uh, fought to abolish slavery. Yeah, they were the most populous, by the way. So that means the largest bit of the population were fighting against slavery. Uh, so, yeah, Don, let's get right on that. I don't think you want to actually pay those reparations. You just want a free meal ticket. What a surprise. Anyway, got demoted and owned all in the same week. It's good for my soul. It's good for my heart. It, it really, really helps me get through these rough weeks. I'm going to wrap it up for today. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to get into some of these midterm races and what's going on, really dig down on some of it. And we're going to laugh at some ads that are coming out because some of them are just so full of shit that you won't believe it. And some of them are just so terrible. And when I say some of them are so terrible, I'm not just going to pick on one side. Trust me, there is some agonizing, cringy videos from these. Can I mean, it's bad. And it's on both sides. It is bad. And we're going to have a laugh at it because, really, people should try harder. Let's try harder. Okay? We can do better. I think we can. Uh, people can make better videos on their phone and edit them and, and make something better. Please stop. Please. Please stop. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get a laugh at all that, talk about a lot of what's coming up for the midterms, what's at stake, and what the actual story is. So uh, I will be back. Uh, if you want to send a message, question, comment, love it, hate it, whatever, you can do so at Eric's America Pod. That's on Facebook. Eric's-America.com is the website. At Eric's underscore podcast on Twitter. Or if you want to send an old-fashioned email, it's ericsamericapod at gmail.com. I will be back next week. Until then, just remember, it's no agenda, just America. America.